What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend of debrief and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight. This dude, you're the man, Mark Francis. What is up? Mark, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Good. Loving life today. I don't know why. It's just... It's, it's exciting. It's a busy, good season of life right now. So S- Spring is about to yeah. have sprung. It's going to be very fun. Yeah. Uh, thank but you we're for... all wearing kind of like bluey colors here if you're watching on YouTube, you know? Yeah. So we're not necessarily blue. But... One, one theme. United yeah. Front. It's okay. Uh, it's good. Thanks for being here, dude. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh, he's back with us, the man, the myth, Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, my friend? Very well. Good. Thank yep. you for being here. Uncovering Daniel. MF, let me come your way first, dude. Yeah. As this series, un- some people get a giggle out of the fact that I call you that. It's I'll okay. never stop. So it's we're okay. just kind of, it's where we are. It's acceptable. Um, unpacking Daniel. Yeah. Let's talk about this weekend, what stood out, and then Mark will see what you have for us uh, to elaborate on and go from there. Well, so many things keep standing out for me on Daniel. And mm-hmm. I'll just say, big picture, mm-hmm. I haven't been on since we've really, really, truly begun unpacking Daniel. And I wanted to always say, this is like a movie or short series saga ready to be made in a real way i mean it is i mean all of the the fads and trends of making movies these days whether it's star wars or the new dune movie or all these you know like gladiator all these just movies of this big epic like genres this is the story to tell Mm-hmm. There's so many things here that we're going to unpack in the whole book of Daniel, and we've barely just started to yeah. scratch the surface. But when you think about, you know, you, you referenced risk a couple of weeks ago of just kings and kingdoms and people taking over people, and that is just like yeah. fascinating. Or Cecil Blue DeMille's when you need them. Right, exactly. Or Dallas Jenkins. Big, okay, yeah. next one. Next one. Let's get through the seven seasons of Chosen, and then he can move on to Daniel and have seven <laughs> seasons of Daniel. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, yeah. I, I say all that because just where we are and just understanding the, the history and then also looking at the the spiritual component, I think, is more fascinating. And mm-hmm. you can think that the, the kings and kingdoms and all that stuff is kind of cool and storytelling, but the, there was this real people going through real things and can you imagine living in that time where you're a Jew and you're getting taken into captivity or you're there in, in Babylon and there is this you know crazy king and just power hungry and you're living in, in subjection under the king to do whatever they want to do I, I that's me right now I'm visualizing myself in this world and I've read through the whole book of Daniel a couple months ago to prep for this and reading it through again now it's just more real to think of the spiritual um, factors that are at play. And Mark, what you were sharing is, man, somebody was pouring into Daniel to give him this level of faith um, back when he was a child. And I, I was just thinking knee-jerk, well, he's got some pretty good parents, but you were referencing there's probably things even beyond that. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a, a neat nugget eye-opening to say, you're right, there's some sort of discipleship component that was going on with Daniel to bring him as a 15, 16, 17-year-old to have such great faith it was personalized. in the sovereign God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so having the personal attention given to Daniel in this makes me then think, well, man, where's everybody else in this story? You know, where, mm-hmm. <laughs> where are they at? And uh, not many Jews were there standing up to help him, you know? So... 
I'm just visualizing the movie in my mind yeah. as oh, yeah. we go through it. And Sight and Sound's doing it, I think. Yeah, it too. that's true. So it's cool timing for yep. people to like, yeah. Yeah, yep. see the media of it. So, Mark, with that being said, we're you know we're we're in Daniel two, kind of a larger chunk of passage to cover in a, in a weekend. And and what what sort of stood out in your study? What do you like, man? I, I would have loved more time to elaborate on that. And um, what what has that been like for you lately? Well, um, narrative literature is. Um, it is fun to to read, like you're saying, Mark. Um, and there's so many different gaps or or things that aren't included that are assumed um, behind the scenes. The problem is that it just leads to pure speculation, mm-hmm. and so you can't. It's hard to mm-hmm. to preach that. At, I I was um, at the end, and you're just kind of referring to it, Mark. Is uh, the role maybe Habakkuk played? Right. Similar time, I'm looking at, uh, I've been reading uh, a little bit of Ezekiel, because Ezekiel was another one of those who was taken captive, and he's there in Babylon, too, as he's writing his prophecies. Um, so God didn't fill us in on a lot of those. and um, But I, I'm wondering, how was it that Daniel, as a young kid, um, could live with such such a strong faith uh, when it says in verse 14 of chapter 2 that he, when he replied to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had come to kill him, how he responded, it said he replied with discretion, discernment, with tact, with wisdom, with, I, and I'd say grace, and, and um, he chose his words wisely. That's just, it's just such... An amazing thing for a young a young person to do that. Um, we already know that Daniel's three friends stood head and shoulders above mm-hmm. others, um, so there may have been just some natural abilities. Um, but God chose Daniel in this role, not arbitrarily. There was there was God had prepared him for this very hour, and. Um, what all involved in that was, I don't know, but I was struck with Habakkuk, who struggled with this whole thing of the Babylonians coming and, and God just saying, the just shall live by faith. And and I have to believe that Habakkuk took what God had taught him and somehow poured it into mm-hmm. some other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Daniel's parents. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a... a, a, a a small group, a discipleship group, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it was the, the youth group of five teens or four teens that uh, Habakkuk was training. But you, 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 first of all, you can't impart what you don't possess. Um, Habakkuk must have possessed something. Somebody possessed something to impart it so that um, I'm sure they would have loved to have had 10 more years of pouring into. Daniel and, and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah's life. But they didn't. And Nebuchadnezzar came, and the armies of Babylon came, and all of a sudden they're gone. And just right when they're in their prime of life, of, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe the prime of, of discipling them, they're, they're gone. And there's a very good chance that Daniel's parents or his mentor or what, or you know, whether it might have been Jeremiah, we don't know, but um, they may never have heard again they, they, until they got to heaven to hear the rest of the story. We get to see the rest of the story. 
and um, I, I just think the what I, this wasn't said, um, but I think it's an important part of what could have been said uh, in that message. Is that um, we need to seize the moment. Um, we need, in terms of our own personal walk with the Lord, and be prepared to be people who live by faith. Um, and that means knowing a God well enough that we can trust him. And that, that was certainly the case with Daniel. But we need to also redeem the time um, because the days are evil in terms of parents training up your children the way they should go uh, or um, pouring into someone else's life um, in a discipleship group. Or um, Time is clicking away. Hmm. And this world, we don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, it'll be over. And, um, or, or those kids will be off to college or, or, you know, or whatever it might be. And, and um, there's just, I think that there's behind the scenes of this whole Daniel stories is this sense of uh, urgency of uh, preparing so that we can deploy. And we don't know when that deployment may come. Um, but Daniel and his friends, but Daniel was ready. And he, 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 he rose to the occasion. And mm-hmm. uh, God used him in, in, a, in a very powerful way. That, that struck me um, significantly in going through this, this chapter, um, in chapter 2. His dependence upon the Lord, he had such uh, confidence that God was going to reveal the dream he goes to the king. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. it was almost as if Daniel knew that he was raised up for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he didn't. And we will see in the chapter three with the fiery furnace, you know, the Lord God can deliver us. But if not, I mean, they didn't know. Right, right. And Daniel probably didn't know, you know, he could go before the king and he could have been killed right then. I mean, he there, there's just this uh, boldness because of of God um, to do, as the old song says, to dare to be a Daniel, and that kind of resolve and boldness and courage, in light of who God is, um, that and the faith, the just shall live by faith, is astounding in this chapter. Well, I think it's fascinating to watch watch the four of them essentially, Daniel and his three friends, kind of get rushed into adulthood a little bit, mm-hmm. or in the sense of, okay, the rubber's going to meet the road, you have an opportunity, to, uh, how much of this is your own? Because A, there's a biblical example now for for somebody or a teenager in today's day and age who, who gets thrusted into adulthood quickly, or, yeah. or in the home there's a responsibility that happens maybe sooner than they anticipated, or, or whatever. The, the, the B, I think, reality to that, along with that, would be the world is inundating kids younger and younger with crazy messages and stuff. And so there's, I think there's certain merit to starting to talk to our kids like they're adults to a certain regard with spiritual things in mind mm-hmm. so yeah. that by the time things do happen to them, there's not, a, there's not a foundation of crisis that is the spiritual building but there's the there's the stability of faith, so that when the crisis comes, it's oh, okay. That this is what this is what my yeah. dad was talking about. And to say you can't hold up mm-hmm. in and in, in this adverse culture, in this demonic culture in which we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no. Look at Daniel. Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, when 
I went off to university of Nebraska just before the earth's crust hardened, you know, <laughs> coming up 50, well, it was 50 years ago. It's a little different world, but it was just as, it was still very sinful and, and evil in many ways. Mm-hmm. But um, I thrived in that environment because of the Christian fellowship and local church and different things. Um, my kids went off to university, uh, two of them did, and, and they thrived in that environment. Um, Today, I keep thinking, man, I would never send my kids right. into that. <laughs> it's a different ball game. Well, we may not ever send our kids into that. Maybe that's not, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they couldn't thrive in it if they're if they're well grounded. But it still speaks to the being well grounded. It does. And so there, there's this implied narrative of what was going on behind the scenes in Daniel's world and yep. life before he got That's to this right. point. And then even as the story continues, what else is he doing to pursue God and, and to grow in his faith? Because yeah. you can see his, it continues to grow. And so there is this continual pursuit of God that is there. Yeah. That's not word for word, black and white scripture, but it, you can see the results of it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great application for us today is that there is this continual desire that we should be growing in the knowledge of God and then pouring into our kids or others around us so they can be rooted and grounded. We've yeah. used those, those words before to, to know that, okay, when times do come, when as Daniel is being faced with death, potentially, yeah. I'm confident. Yeah. There's that quiet confidence, that boldness it's a, and confidence. It's a material example of, of preparing and deploying a, a disciple, right? And you talk about that parent-kid relationship. I mean, Sammy's coming up on one year old. Uh, Hannah and I are 6.5% done raising him, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is silly, stupid math, but it's weird that time does fly in the sense of like, okay, I can see how this builds on itself. And, and you guys have both raised kids and sent them out, right? You're at this point where I can, I can tell down the road, I will say time flies and, and there's no time as good as now to start laying foundation and uh, man. Yeah. And I think another, what's encouraging and, and someone had emailed you about this for in verse, uh, uh, verse 11, when the conjurers and the, the magicians and the Chaldeans were forced uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, tell him my dream, and, the, and they just, for the third time, says, you know, no one can do this, king. Mm-hmm. And it said in verse 11, moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult. There's no one else who could declare it to the king except gods. And the implication is whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh, like we're not going to get anything from them, so to speak. And it... it what what job came into my mind is is um, you were mentioning that email. It's really a polemic here of against those gods, because um, Daniel had a real understanding of the presence of God with him. So uh, their gods do not dwell with mortal flesh. I mean, there there would be this great chasm. Um, and yet our God is a very present help in time of need. And all throughout the Old Testament, even though God dwelt in un- unapproachable light, there was this, you, you look at the life of Daniel and, 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 uh, or the life of David in the Psalms. Um, Daniel would have known those Psalms. And here was David who had a very personal, a man after God's own heart, a very personal walk and relationship with God, 
against thee and thee only have I sinned, he said, uh, when he sinned with Bathsheba. Um, so there is this their gods uh, mentality, Psalm 103, um, 115, Psalm 115. Hmm. says, they're gods. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have ears, they cannot hear. You know, they're, they're, they're non-entities that hmm. are, are not anywhere a present impact in our life. But my God, you know, he's in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases, and he, he is compassionate and merciful, and he gives to his children what they need. I mean, he's an engaged God. And hmm. and uh, that comes out in this passage very strongly. Um, and as we'll see uh, next week, there is um, when, when uh, Daniel comes before the king, in verse 27, he said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, as for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, or diviners are able to declare it to the king. Why? Well, for one thing, they're mortal men. And number two, to whom they're inquiring are f- lifeless gods. Yeah. However, he says in verse 20, there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he's made it known. Uh, so there's this, uh, uh, there's this clear um, um, indicator that the God in heaven is our God, and he's personal, and... I can't ever declare this, but this is what has been declared. Mm-hmm. And what our the note that our the member dropped us was just kind of this cool thought that yes, these gods don't have flesh; they're not mortals. But you can also look at the even the the sorcerers of the day recognize that there is some there are deities out there who are more powerful than us humans, and yet the contrast is our one true God was more present and more relevant than these so-called deities that mm-hmm. they were worshiping, that he he had dwelt among mm-hmm. the Israelites with tabernacle and future he's going to yeah. put on flesh and dwell among us. So our God is the best of all of that, where you get a chance to see, yes, he is this ethereal, overseeing, sovereign, supreme God, but he also is present and imminent and, mm-hmm. and personal and something that their false gods could not even compete with, mm-hmm. even though those false gods have their own powers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the the demonic the realm, demonic right? realm that you keep referencing. Yeah. In that time, there's this demonic world that the it, it was they were real. worshiping and is real in Babylon, just like you're referencing here in our world today. Mm-hmm. It's still there, um, but yet God's power is always going to trump that denom- demonic power. But yet those guys, those magicians, recognize that even that demonic power is going to trump what they can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so having a proper perspective of that, I think just our friend sending us in the line was saying it's just an interesting contrast yeah. to, to see who our real God is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a tale as old as time to be in, in culture where you can very easily be more spiritual but less religious than, than you ever were before. The Colossians were wrestling with some of that. It's just so so easy to sidestep what what God's doing and look for the spiritual. And so I just love studying the Old Testament and being reminded like it truly does all come back to Christ and mm-hmm. how and how he he fulfills all this stuff that we couldn't. He's present in all the stuff we didn't think about and man it, it, you do see that grand narrative being honored and that's something I didn't really know was there or appreciate until much older in my much later in my walk with the Lord was like the the Old Testament isn't 
isn't just full of important religious things, but it actually all is going to support and make the the message of Christ seem sweeter. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not that God's changed his mind. Um, the, the idea of of two testaments making it so mm-hmm. easy for people to believe it's two very different gods or mm-hmm. two very different things happening. You got humanity in both of them, mm-hmm. and he he comes at the beginning of the second revelation one. <laughs> of it all. Know? Yeah, well, I don't yeah. want to neglect talking about Daniel's response either, mm-hmm. and, and that worshipful response that he's like, okay, God's going to give me this answer. And what does he, what does he do? Go straight to bless the name of the Lord mm-hmm. and declare praise and worship and be like, you are the God among all gods, you know, gives knowledge to men of understanding. And there's just this really cool worshipful response mm-hmm. that instead of like you referenced what he could have done was go be like, I got the answers and look at me, I'm going to go yeah. run and solve all the world's problems. But mm-hmm. he goes straight back to God with that response mm-hmm. and um and 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 what we were able to do in the course of the entire 75 minute worship time referencing a few of those little passages i don't know if you guys caught that or not throughout the singing time mm-hmm. was just really meaningful to me of rehearsing the gospel in light of what daniel said in yeah. his worshipful right. response and they weren't empty idle words their words this this um song of praise was sung was shared uh out of a sense of, of reality, they'd experienced this. This was something, they weren't just quoting something from a book or mm-hmm. reading something from a, a worship page. They knew, they had just gotten the answer to this prayer. Mm-hmm. They, their lives were now spared mm-hmm. because God was gracious and compassionate. And so this praise flowed from a personal encounter with the living God that they had actually mm-hmm. experienced and how mm-hmm. exciting it was. And And that's before we... We, the readers, are even told what the dream was, what the interpretation. I mean, it's it's kind of a teaser. You, you left know? us that cliffhanger. Well, You're like, We're I not think the, cover text, it today. the text does too. It's just like, oh, okay, well, what are you praising God for? What what is it that He told you? Yeah, that would let leads to such profound, because there is something back there. There, and so, worship is a response to who God is and what God has done. It's, it, it's, it's a response to revelation mm. about him. Mm-hmm. And when you personally encounter the living God and you personally um, are engaged with him, and this can be a bit mystical and maybe ethereal, but you, there those moments where you encounter the living God, um, you can't help but mm-hmm. respond in praise and worship. Um, because you know it's real. Mm. They they knew it was real because they 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 had experienced it. So I, I think that we'll next week. Yeah, we'll unpack why it was so um, so meaningful and why they said what they said because it's. Uh, mm. I mean, it's eye opening. I did want to just I mentioned this, it just just a couple of technical things. When I said the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, so he came to power when his dad died in six oh five. So you would think 604, 603, possibly when this took place. But Daniel and the boys are taken off in 605 that same year. And so they're in three-year training. So it's possible when it says second year of his reign, Daniel and the boys were still in the training. Um, But it's more likely because there is this historical thing that the first year is really what was called the ascension year. Mm -hmm. So... When they say year one, that would have been really their second year of reign. And when it says year two, it's probably the third year, which means, again, the youthfulness of Daniel 
I think he was in service. He, he had passed the test. He had finished the indoctrination program, and he is now. So um, we can get maybe tripped up over, it says, when in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Either way, God was working, and even if it was Daniel still in training, it's still. Um, hmm. um, but I think, I think because he had just finished, because he'd been already interviewed by Nebuchadnezzar, when he goes in and says, I can, I can interpret that dream for you. Just give me a, give me a moment <laughs> so I can go pray. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was willing to let him do that. The other thing I thought uh, that just like another technical thing is uh, in verse 4 it says, uh, the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. And it's like, I'm not sure why that was included. Why mm-hmm. Danny have to write that? Who cares what language they spoke to a king in? But at starting at that verse... Chapter two, verse four, all the way through the end of chapter seven, the text is in Aramaic, and um, so that's kind of a unique thing about Daniel. The first chapter and the first three verses are in the Hebrew language, and then starting again chapter eight to the rest, the final four chapters, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, five chapters, it's in Hebrew again. And people wonder, so why? What's the significance of that? Um, and the answer probably is. Because what we are going to be reading here, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the, the, the stories and the accounts all the way through the end of chapter 7, have to do with the Gentile world, prophecies about the Gentile world. Hmm. You pick up in chapter 8 again, and the, the, the focus now becomes on Israel and, and God's prophecies towards Israel, and that's in the Hebrew tongue. Hmm. And so... Um, Again, it's it's Daniel is a Jew living in a Gentile world, and um, as this is getting written and it's and disseminated, probably that the the focus for the Gentile world is that God of Israel, that God of heaven, mm-hmm. is he's in charge of your mm-hmm. your your existence as well. And then when he focuses on the Jews, then it's back to Hebrew. So I, I think that's kind of an interesting. Um, a little unique thing about Daniel doesn't make that big of a difference, I suppose, but um, it, so, it is unique. So then, dumb question, but what language was Nebuchadnezzar speaking? What, yeah, what, pro- probably Babylon. Uh, Babylon. Uh, probably Akkadian. Okay, more, so this more is a ancient. unique language. Aramaic that they was that, been... like I mentioned, was the lingua franca that they everybody spoke Aramaic. Uh-huh. So whether they did that in their normal home or Akkadian, I think was the ancient language. A it goes back to even ain't more ancient than that. Um, so I'm not sure. They probably spoke Aramaic in their in their normal language, but Akkadian okay. would have also been uh, a, um, a a language that um, the Babylonians would have known. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And a, and a language that Daniel would have had to have learned. He probably, maybe as a child growing up. Yeah, well, remember the, the cuneiform Jewish. too. The, okay. the, there was that Babylonian cuneiform, mm-hmm. uh, which has its roots in Akkadian language. So... Um, a lot of times, you know, nations will have their official language, uh, but their but the uh, primary speaking is and it, different, right? Yeah. So in Jesus's day, mm-hmm. it was Aramaic, mm-hmm. right? Greek, you know, um, mm-hmm. and but they also knew Hebrew because mm-hmm. the the synagogues and the you know would have it would have been in Hebrew. So um, yeah, People were so much smarter back then. Oh than man, now right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We got, like high, we got high school kids be like, I can't believe I'm in Spanish too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, for the yeah. fourth time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but 
Uh, good stuff, boys. Clearly the stories, you know, crescendoing, and there's going to be a ton of the cool testimonies, cool stories coming out of Daniel. Mark, uh, Francis, what do we need to point people towards before we get out of here? Anything yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, we had a good baptism service this past yeah. weekend. So just a response of praise and celebrating what God's doing in the work of our body and six different people getting baptized. So mm-hmm. that's just a really neat opportunity. Um, a bunch of people were able to show up and be a part of that. So thank you for mm-hmm. being there. Um, there, there is a uh, children's ministry lunch happening on March 10th. So for any parents of kids, um, uh, we're calling age zero <laughs> through mm-hmm. elementary, um, come on out and uh, just have some lunch together to further this whole partnering with parents theme that um, students and youth and children's ministry do. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can register online for that. And uh, Easter is right around the corner, guys. So it's in March. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming mm-hmm. up. So just mark your calendars for when that is. It's a little bit earlier than mm-hmm. normal. But Good Friday um, will be two different services for that. And then um, the the five services over the weekend that we'll be providing. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Yeah. Got a lot going on. It's good. Yeah. I'm tired already thinking about it. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't tire out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Marks, thank you for being here, boys. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh, for all you listeners and viewers, remember that we love to hear from you. You can send over your thoughts, questions, or requests uh, at fbcva.org slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out uh, our YouTube channel and our other podcast uh, venues as well. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. <laughs>